Well, you get Tom in just a minute. Good morning. There you can see the smile. Good to have you here and everybody who's watching at home uh, Sunday morning or another time during the week. Thank you for worshiping together. We thought this was a great time to hit the pause button in Revelation because last week we talked about the worship of God. Kip gave us a, a great quote that was, uh, man isn't the focus, God is. Uh, and worship of him is the reason that uh, mission even exists, calling people from every tribe, tongue, nation, not political nation, but people group is the word there. Every people group to come to know what God has done for us through Jesus Christ in redeeming us from sin, calling us to himself, making us his people. We read it last week in Revelation chapter 5. As we were talking about chapter, chapters 4 and 5, and next week we'll get back to chapter 6 and, and keep going. But we read, and they sang a new song. Who's the they? The four living creatures and the 24 elders who are surrounding the throne of God in John's vision of what is going on in heaven. And in their song, what they sang was, you are worthy. Who's the you? The lamb. We, we know that's Jesus. They're singing to him, you are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals because you were slain and with your blood you purchased men for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. And we've already sung three different languages this morning. Little foretaste of what heaven's going to be like with uh, all the languages and all the people standing right side by side, shoulder to shoulder. We won't have to distance uh, up there. Worshiping, worshiping. A third of why we exist as a church, we talk about worship, love, reach. Reach, a third of why we exist because God's gifted us and called us and sent us to reach. We say it this way, share God's grace relentlessly in order to serve and to reach our community and our world. Reach. This morning, I'm hoping we'll all walk away, whether online or here, with a sense of global perspective. I was talking to one of our teammates recently who was home and in town uh, and had been warned, oh, you're going to have to adjust. Things are different in the U.S. with the pandemic. And uh, she, she wasn't here long till she heard the debates about mask and no mask and, and how uh, the culture is responding. She said it was a little discouraging because it seemed like my brothers and sisters here uh, were seeing this as an American issue. You do know that the same debates, mask, no mask, what can they make me do, what should I do, what shouldn't I do, those debates are going on in Pakistan and Germany and Turkey and Africa. Global perspective. Uh, our global teammates, we've got an amazing team of them that we get to partner with, and they help us get global perspective, and that's what we're gonna think about this morning. And it's my privilege to introduce 
the one that will take us into God's word this morning. And uh, I love and respect deeply uh, the one that you're going to see this morning, my brother Tom and his wife Marianne. And they have been serving now, uh, leading the team that's at Frankly, one of our sister churches, uh, Grace Church of Frankly. It's a suburb of Birmingham, England. And they've been there for uh, 10 years now. And before that, were uh, for more than a decade in France, working in leadership development. Tom's role is he is the director of ministry coaching for Encompass World Partners. And they've been doing an amazing job in France and now in England. And I'm excited that we get to uh, have him take us to God's word to gain some perspective this morning. Hi everyone, I'm Tom Barlow. Marianne and I serve as global workers in the United Kingdom in the city of Birmingham. I want to start out our sharing time, which we call a discovery time here in Frankly, uh, with a story about a man who was fairly well off by the world standards until a major event struck, something that was totally out of his control. All of a sudden, he was facing financial struggle, loads of uncertainty, loss of loved ones. People around him had to go into isolation. Can you identify with any of those emotions? Is anything we're living similar to what he was feeling? At that very moment, God reveals himself to the man and gives a name that reveals something about God's character. In Hebrew, the word is El Elyon, God Most High, Maker of Heaven and Earth. Some of you might have guessed already, because you're good students of the word, that the man in this story is real. It is Abram. And if you want to turn with me to Genesis chapter 14, we're going to see bits of that story as God reveals himself to Abram in a new way. It's the season where kings go out to war. The passage speaks of four kings that ally their armies and they go out against five other kings, including the king of Sodom. Verses 10 to 12 show that uh, the kings of Sodom and Gomorrah are defeated. They have to flee some die in tar pits. That must have been a horrible death. Several go into hiding and have to isolate. There's huge economic loss. And Abram's nephew Lot is kidnapped. Verses 13 to 16 describe how Abram leads his 318 trained men to defeat the five kings and recover all the goods along with Lot and his relatives. On his way home, verses 17 and 18 in that chapter, two people come out to meet him. The king of Sodom, to show his thanks and appreciation. And then this mysterious character, seen only three times in all of scripture, called Melchizedek, described as king of Salem and priest of God Most High, 
El Elyon. So God chooses this very moment to reveal this particular name, God Most High, Maker of Heaven and Earth. It's in the context of great trial, great difficulty, great uncertainty. But it's also as Sodom, through their king, is trying to reward Abram and get everything back to normal. Verse 21. And because Abram understands this new quality about God, that he is God Most High, maker of all heaven and all earth, God wants Abram to trust him, not his possessions, not his family members, not his comfortable or normal situation. God wanted Abram to worship and trust him as God Most High above any and every difficult situation and the one who controls it all. And he desires the same for us. Even with COVID-19, even with looming economic fallout, even with harrowing uh, racial and societal tensions all around us, God wants our trust right now and through whatever we live to be in him as God most high, maker of heaven and earth. One idea that God gave me just a couple weeks into the pandemic was socially distanced tea times. We are living in Britain after all, and a cup of tea can go a long way in kind of that social contact with people. So I went out and bought a camping table that was six feet long and that would keep us socially distanced. And I'd take that, a, a tea urn, a couple of lawn chairs, and that gave me the opportunity to start visiting people early on for that social contact early on in the pandemic. Hi, everyone. So it's been two weeks ago that we started our first ever vacation Bible school. They're called holiday clubs here in England. Uh, we've always wanted to do one, never got to do one before. And a combination of things. I saw advertising from a, a holiday club in the States, um, VBS, and I thought, you know what? I, I, I bet we could work together to do this. Um, so we paid for advertising on uh, Facebook and um, prepared pap uh, paper bags, one for each day for the children. Um, each child got a paper bag each day and they would come and meet us in Frankly. They pick up their paper bag and a snack. Uh, and then on the, there was a link for the VBS and it was really well done. Um, and so the kids would go home, they'd watch the, the VBS online, and then they'd come back the next day. They actually told, they learned verses, which we've never, hardly ever been able to get people to do before. So that was very exciting. Um, the stories were about God's power and how his power helps us through hard times. So very appropriate. The music was phenomenal. And um, we, we had it set up so that they had to come every day pick up the bag and talk to us. And there was such a need. We had the 
um, sanitizing stuff out there. We were, you know, we had masks available, but people needed to talk. And, and um, so it was lovely. One lady was talking about her back problems and we were able to pray for her right there on the spot. Um, um, some of the mothers were just afraid and um, just being able to talk to a caring adult was really important. So we had 40 places and um, all 40 places were taken and we're just looking to follow up. Uh, one of the wonderful things that God provided was one of the moms works for the um, city and her responsibility happens to be to organize, uh, to help people who want to organize outreach events for people in the community. And I said, we need to talk. So this Tuesday, um, her name is Sharon Hart. She is a Christian. She kind of had drifted away for a while, um, but took advantage of this, uh, the VBS to get her and her family involved and back together. So we're meeting up Tuesday to figure out how to do um, what I'm calling a walk and talk church. So walk and talk church will be um, some backpacks that ha will have an activity in it. And uh, we purchased a tour guide um, equipment, so a headset um, and then the thing. So it will have some pre-recorded songs, pre-recorded stories, um, and then an activity. And hopefully, um, I want to start that, hopefully, Lord willing, uh, that the fourth week of September. There's several people in the church who enjoy walking. I don't think we'll have any trouble um, getting some of the families that did the uh, Bible club. Plus we have quite a few grandparents who bring their children to Sunday school. Um, so we really appreciate your prayers about that. Uh, and we're hoping that, um, we're hoping that we'll see people come to the Lord through these things. Um, I kind of hit a point where I was a little bit discouraged because the relationships that I had built for so long seemed to be, you know, distant. Um, I didn't know how to follow up on with people. They weren't responding to the things that I was writing and asking if we could do. Um, and the VBS really kind of helped open up those doors. We even had a 16-year-old uh, boy come along and do everything. I mean, he's one of the nicest people, lads we know. Um, and so hopefully he'll come along and help to walk and talk church. Thank you for your support and your interest in us and your prayer for us that opens these doors that we get to walk through together. As we start to finish up, we want to share one update regarding the Frankly Church. Just in recent weeks, we heard from Holly Hill, the school where the church has met for several years, informing us that we can no longer meet there, at least for the foreseeable future. Uh, as you can imagine, they're trying to control kind of what germs come in and out of the school. So we're working on creative ways to continue to meet together, as Hebrews 10.25 tells us, as brothers and sisters in Christ. Part of that will happen online via Zoom. Part of it will be in new grace groups, groups of three to six people, who will meet together in people's homes, probably outside in the garden under a gazebo, to pray, study the word, share together, and listen to music. We can't sing at this point yet. But be praying for the church family, as that's a big adjustment, and some will feel like it's not really church anymore, as you can imagine. I'll finish by saying none of this 
is a challenge to our God Most High, the maker of heaven and earth, who wants us to depend on him and trust in him alone as we navigate all of this. Pray for us as we continue to seek creative ways to live boldly and wisely for him as we pray the same for you. And thank you so much for your ongoing partnership in the gospel. We really appreciate it. God bless. God wanted Abram to not rely on his possessions, even those that have been captured in the battle, or rely on his family members, nor rely on his routine, uh, what was his known life till that time. Instead, to rely on God most high. How appropriate for us today. Now, he ends with the phrase, uh, thank you for your partnership. We just kind of fly by that. Uh, the Frankly Church is one that we have been closely partnered with. Uh, in fact, we had a short-term team there years ago passing out flyers when they were just getting ready to start a Bible study in that part of town. Well, now the Frankly Church, 15, 18 years later, is the result. We've been closely partnered with them, and we've made a huge investment there. That's where the Horners are, Jason and Crystal. It's where Tom and Marianne are. It's where Dave and Becky Schwann were uh, till coming back to the States. And so we've got quite a partnership with them. We'd like to think in our last moments about uh, the power of partnering and the importance of partnering. So I asked a couple of our global teammates about what difference does it make to your ministry, to your soul, as people who are, who are proclaiming the gospel, talking about Jesus, building relationships from scratch, what difference does it make to you to have people who are partnering? Whoops, let's define what a partner is. So what do we mean by partnering with one of our global teammates. Well, it's one of our values here that every household be partnered with at least one of our global teammates, and that's for prayer and for financial support. We have 18, 18 of them. Well, uh, how do I keep up with all that's going on with them? Tom says, please pray about our grace groups. Marianne says, please pray for the impact of the, the Vacation Bible School group and this walk and talk church. I can't possibly add to my routine keeping up on 18. Nope. Can add one and keep up on their ministry and uh, the result, well, that's what we're going to talk about for a few minutes. Why should I do that? What's the benefit to me? Well, first the benefit to them I think our, our Dave Hobart video doesn't work, right? Good. I'll tell you what Dave said. Uh, they are thankful for Denny and Judy Daniels. They are the point person partners here in the church family for them. And for uh, 40 years of ministry back and forth between France and the United States, uh, they value their partnerships. They told some of the story. Dave and Susie, they led our youth ministry here 
four years while they were in seminary. So they've got a long history with families in our church family and, and talk about the value of this being their sending church and knowing that all the time that they were there, there were people here who were committed to keeping them there, the financial support, and praying for their ministry there. And so the Moso Church is one of our sister churches, and it's the fruit of Dave and Susie investing their lives there and now in a nearby town, Paré, uh, where they have a Bible study going. Uh, they spoke of what value was there to them on knowing that there were people covering their backs in prayer back here in the States. Uh, I want to share another one of our teammates uh, shared these paragraphs about how it impacts their soul to have people uh, partnered with them. Where do I begin with the impact of ministry partners and the impact on our ministry? I find it hard to put into words, but we can never be over there without you being here. We view missions as a package deal. Our ministry partners have been such a source of encouragement and support for us. We know that at any moment we can send an email and they will begin to pray and not just pray themselves, but they send it out and inform the entire body to stand in prayer with us. We've witnessed the change in circumstances and situations on many occasions. We've developed a connection with our partners as they keep us connected with the church body as well. So we feel apart. Our partners send us notes and updates and check up on us often. We find this connection so vital to us. And when we return, we feel like we just pick back up with the friendships and move forward. Thank you to all of you who partner with us, and especially to our ABF connections and the Women of Grace ladies. Never underestimate the power of your prayers and support and your words of encouragement. And never forget that missions is a package deal. It is necessary that both the people over there and the people here work together to take the gospel to the ends of the earth. Not all of us can go, but we can all partner in prayer and in giving. It makes an impact on the soul, in terms of encouragement, makes an impact on the ministry of our global teammates, makes an impact on us. So we're gonna think about that for a few minutes. So what difference does it make? Uh, I'm a parent of kids, elementary school and high school. I'm busy. We got a hundred activities going. Well, not during COVID, but they're all picking back up. It's really, why add this to the mix? Great question. And I want to answer it this morning. Why add it to the mix? I'm praying this morning for uh, 25 new global partners today from our church family, 25 households. Uh, and I want to invite up here, Mark. Mark and Barb both coming? Good. Uh, grab the mic there. And Mark and Barb are uh, partners, lead partners, and uh, they're specific to uh, one of our global teammates. And I want them to answer the question, for them, what impact does it make on your soul to be partnered? So we know they value it. Why do you value it? Uh, well, first of all, it's just a, an honor and blessing, and we've been blessed. We were Kip and Mary's partners many years ago when they were in Berlin, and now our current partners for about 20 years. So it's just an honor and blessing to be connected and to be the hands and feet to help them as well. And um, what's it do to shape your perspective? 
I think uh, one of the keys, and, and even as Bruce was sharing, one of the challenges to us is, you know, we, Barb and I, can be partners, but if we're not living it ourselves, if we're not being light in our neighborhood, on our workplace, so that's a specific challenge to, to all of us. Did you notice everything Tom and Marianne talked about? Uh, finding creative ways to do ministry during COVID. Is it any different than the United States? They just talk a little funnier. Um, they've had to be creative in how they go about ministering to neighbors and friends and the people that they're trying to to lead to Jesus. It's the same for us here. You've done an amazing job with your adult Bible fellowship, helping them be connected to your global teammate as well as your household. So thank you for doing both of those. Anything else you want to share on the, the impact that's been both of you in terms of uh, the husband and wife over there and you as a husband and wife here? Well, just in, in related to that, because it may be, sound kind of weird, we're not giving their names, but they're, they're in West Asia, and particularly the connection with the ABF. Recently, uh, the, the one partner was attacked, and it, it was life-threatening. He almost lost his life. And then we received an email a bit later that uh, he wanted us to pray for the situation. He was going to have to see this attacker. And he said... His, the anxiety just all started rising again. He sent that email out, and, and he, he knew people were praying. And he said, and I just talked to him the other day, and he said he could sense God's peace in just a hard, hard situation. And so just appreciate all your prayers for, for them and for others. And so that's a pra practical thing that was just powerful. So you'll hear the phrase sometimes, Great Commission Partner. What is that? Well, that's the term here in our church family for who is the point person partner. So their teammates, there are a whole bunch of folks partnered with them. But Mark and Barb serve as the, the Great Commission partner, meaning those teammates can send word to them and then they'll spread word to everyone else in our church family that's partnered with them. So thank you for doing that and for sharing with us this morning. Uh, why should you be a partner? Every household partnered with at least one of our global teammates. Why? Why add that into the mix? Well, part of it is just uh, the joy of a uh, sense of obedience, participation in the Great Commission. If a third of the reason we exist is to reach out, uh, it's valuable. And there's a sense of this is what God has called all of us to be involved in. So there, there's an element of obedience. There's an element that's really pragmatic and common sense. Well, they can't be over there unless we're supporting them in prayer and with our dollars. The, the pragmatics. But I want to give you two other words this morning. Global perspective. Perspective. We've had weird things the last six months. Um really easy to go, you know, the shelter in place was quite a pain. Changed our routine, limited us on things. Remember when you couldn't buy toilet paper and paper towels? Perspective. Back uh, about two months into it, uh, we shared with Ricardo and Dorita at our sister church in Moa in Cuba. 
hard to get toilet paper here. He wrote back and said, interesting. There's been none on this island for two months. We've just had to get creative. Perspective. I'm not a camper. We got a bunch of our church family out camping this weekend. Bugs. I was on one short-term mission trip, and, and I'm in the room of, of their home. They actually added this room on to, to have guests, and I'm there. And, but the, the bricks up at the top, there are holes there, and they've sort of got mosquito netting over it, but it doesn't really work. So as I'm going to sleep, all the bugs have come into the, the one light in the room. And there are, there's quite a collection hovering around above me. I'm thinking, this is really uh, not too comfortable perspective. You go through the next room of the house, and now you're in their kitchen with the dirt floor. And um, they, they had running water, but they also had an outhouse. Perspective. And uh, that is one of our church planters who hops on his motorbike and will go out to the villages and share the gospel with folks that have nothing. Nothing. Perspective. When we're partnered with someone, we get perspective. Uh, there's been a lot of talk about people groups in our nation. And have we been fair? And where is their racism? And what do we do to fix the sins of the past? Partnership. You saw the Gallaghers. And they worked hands-on with Tuli Butler, leader of Navajo church planters, out in the Four Corners region, northwest New Mexico, on the reservation, visiting the Hogans, Poverty like you haven't seen before. Perspective. Perspective. How about a godless country, uh, post-Christian like France? I think of Florent Varak and our partnership that we've had with the Diarmies and the Hoberts for years and years and years, planting churches there. Florent now is uh, the national leader there in France of our sister churches. And he leads the way in philosophical debates and discussions about uh, atheism compared to Christianity. Perspective. Our global teammates bless us with perspective from Mexico, from Ireland, from England, from Germany, from Central African Republic. Even uh, the ministry now going on in Germany to those who are Syrian they give us perspective in a way that apart from our partnerships we wouldn't have. How about the things that we take for granted? Water. Uh, we're blessed to have Jim Hawking, part of our church family, and water for good. And this afternoon, uh, you will see this morning a table outside. Uh, Greg Johnson is here also with Jim. And they're going to be at the table, water for good, working in Africa, consulting in several other nations as well to just provide that key element of life. Water for good gives us perspective. This afternoon at 4.30, out in the tent, 
It's going to be an open house about water for good. Uh, they'll give a little report at 5.15. Anytime between 4.30 and 6, you're invited to stop by, chat with them this afternoon. We're glad to have them. You know, our culture isn't near as favorable to Christianity as it used to be. More hostile. And then I get perspective from my friend Zekai, who's a pastor in Izmir, Turkey, the same city where Pastor Brunson was arrested and held for a couple of years and then finally sent back to the U.S. And Zekai talks about, oh, difficult. Randy Smith told us following Jesus has been a stroll, but now it's becoming a hike and it's going to become a climb in our culture. It's been more than a climb for a long time in Turkey. He describes the price paid when a person trusts Jesus and sometimes for 30 or 40 years a family disowning, refusing to interact with them. The cost of following Jesus. Our global teammates give us perspective. Why add that into your routine? Why partner in your household for perspective? For global perspective. We're all going to learn about globalism. Your workplace is teaching you what it means to be global. Uh, Your children and students are learning what it means to be global. If you're a college student, you're learning about globalism in terms of technology. We're all interconnected all around the world. You're learning about it in terms of economy. Pandemic is impacting every economy across, across the globe. But globalism, uh, as it's learned and taught, is also pluralism. Every culture's set of values are equally valid. Every culture's moral framework is equally valid. Every faith is equally valid. Every government is equally valid. Is that true? Not from God's perspective. So when we talk to our brothers and sisters in Cuba or those who are coming to Christ from Syria or our brothers and sisters in Cambodia, it's very, very different. Globalism, does God believe in globalism? You bet we started with every tribe, tongue, people group, every language praising God together for eternity in heaven. Did Jesus die for Americans? But for every other people group on our globe as well. So globalism, we know the only solution to to the universal problem of sin, man's greatest problem, broken relationship with El Elyon, God, the most high maker of heaven and earth. We know that man's most significant problem is only met by coming to know Jesus and understanding what he did in his death and resurrection. Offered new life and forgiveness. So do we want globalism? Absolutely. Every tribe, tongue, nation being set free from sin and its destruction. 
is our approach to globalism every faith is equally valid? No, because we know from God's word that the others are dead ends, are not the answer and the hope of the world. So we send some of our best cross-culturally to every tribe, tongue, nation to share the good news of the gospel. We know the day is coming when every tribe, tongue, and people group will be part of heaven, worshiping God side by side. So until then, we've got great tools available. We have the privilege of being able to partner with amazing teammates serving around the world. What a great gift to us. Great gift to you, to your household, to be able to, to partner, to get, to be blessed by global perspective. I believe one of the best tools is partnering. So we have folks from our global team who will be outside this morning. Uh, the table is out there with our global directory and a brochure on our financial support of our global teammates. And if you aren't partnered yet, We'd love to have you stop there, pick up the information. We'll help you with which, which teammates are most in need of partners. Or you can look through the directory and pick a country that interests you, a people group that interests you, and we'll help you get started down the path of partnering this morning. I want to thank you for your giving to our teammates. Uh, six months into the year. So where do we stand halfway through the year? Been really curious because of the pandemic. You've been supporting local ministries in amazing ways. I've been curious about our global ministry. How's that been going? Uh, through the end of June, through half of the, the calendar year, where things stand for our teammates is the giving is about $150,000. It's wonderful. Uh, how's that compared to last year? Last year we ended at 336,000. So we should be at 168. We're missing a couple of numbers. We might be there, but it looks like we're a little shy. Probably because of the pandemic, probably because of the time of year, the summer. But I want to thank you for uh, $150,000 plus given to support and partner with our teammates. I remind you, and then I'll pray, worship is ultimate. Missions is not. Because God is ultimate. Man is not. But we want men, women, and children across this globe, every tribe, tongue, nation, to know the joy of salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. Thank you for playing your part in that. Let's pray together. God, we come uh, admitting to you how much we need perspective. We know that uh, these months have made us think about ourselves, our homes, our schools, our community, our nation. And to pray for all of those, and rightly so. 
But we know that the things being faced right now in terms of pandemic and fears and anxiety and fiscal challenges, those are global and every one of our teammates is navigating it, figuring out how to navigate it just as we are. We ask for your help to them. We pray specifically for Tom and Marianne and the ministry and frankly, the VBS follow-up, their walk and talk church and their grace groups. And we ask that you'd help us to be faithful as partners Thank you for the privilege of being connected to these who are doing such good work. And for the reminder this morning that we will be in heaven shoulder to shoulder with folks from every tribe, tongue, and people group. We look forward to that day. And we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thank you, Bruce. Wasn't it funny to see Bruce's brother up on screen and then see Bruce come up on stage? It was like the same person. They were just talking and counting the same way. Whatever. Um, this morning, just like Bruce said, if you